Indeed, uh, thank you very much, uh, Utsile Sako. Midday live indeed. The world markets are sitting tight this hour as the U.S. is nudging closer to defaulting on uh, the nation's debt. Weeks of uh, negotiations have so far failed to deliver any agreement. So do you see uh, the Democrats and uh, Republicans uh, uh, in the Senate agreeing uh, on a package finding each other? Uh, we welcome your SMSs 34701. Your tweets also are welcome uh, at Kuala B News. And the public protector Tulima Donzela yesterday received a tongue lashing from MPs who accused her of being too big for her boots. Uh, what do you make of uh, this particular story? And uh, also there is cricket on the go. Pakistan are 404 for 6. It's a good lead for them of 855 up against the Proteas. It's happening in Abu Dhabi. Alright, let's go to our top story at 8 minutes past 12. Another two toddlers have been found dead, this time in an open field near Zonkizizwe on Gauteng's East Rand. Police say their mother has been taken to hospital. Meanwhile, the situation in Dipsluot, north of Johannesburg, remains tense. This as three people have been taken in for questioning in connection with the murder of two toddlers who were found dead in a toilet yesterday. Let's talk now to our reporter Edwin Sidi, who has been there and is back in the studio with us right now to give us an update. What is the latest? With regard to the deep slot issue, we have been talking to the police who said that uh, last night there was chaos there. Members of the public were vandalizing property, uh, taking foreign-owned shops and even looting at some stage. But uh, this morning, uh, just uh, I mean before 12 o'clock when I spoke to, uh, I mean, to Lieutenant General uh, Ndulumile Tlameni said that the situation has been normalized at this time. But what... What, what led to the, 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 this anger now uh, in the community? Because we're also seeing uh, uh, foreign nationals fleeing the area, fearing for their lives. How, 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 how is the two then connected, the, the matter of uh, these two toddlers and, and the foreign nationals being there in the area? Well, yesterday when I was speaking to residents there, they were very angry about, uh, I, mean, I mean, they are saying that the cops there are not doing their job. So what they did is that they went again on rampage during the day, barricading roads with burning objects, overturning dustbins, blocking the R511 which passed through uh, Krugerstorp and Pretoria. They are saying that, you know what, we are calling on the police to act swiftly to um, to arrest criminals who are, I mean, who are terrorizing our township. So basically what they were saying is that our local police officials, rather officers, are not doing their job. So mm. what should be done at this stage is that at least, like in Eldorado Park, at least the premier or, I mean, or the president should at least call, I mean, officers from outside the township because they are saying that at the end of the day we'll end up taking the law into our own hands because of the manner in which uh, police are handling the situation. I should add, uh, 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 Bongi, that uh, police have now found pieces of clothing belonging to the two toddlers, those who were found dead by the officials yesterday. So you know what transpired is that yesterday residents were trying to attack one check the way they mm. suspected that uh, there were, I mean, people who perpetrated this, uh, I mean, this heinous crime were there. So while they were trying to attack that check, then members of TRT, that is the tactical response team, were called in to, summon, to come and rescue the situation. That is when police discovered those pieces of clothing. I should also add, finally, Bongi, that uh, the post-mortem of those two babies will, will be conducted later today to, I mean, to determine the exact cause of uh, their death. And uh, police tell us that uh, this hour they're questioning three suspects. The fourth one, really, they are on his or her tail. 
Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, what basically uh, uh, the colonel was saying to me in the morning is that, you know what, we have been working around the clock to ensure that we, we arrest those behind this crime. So this morning, uh, uh, even before I came to the studio here, he told me that, uh, you know what, we, in fact, in his own words, he said to me that we haven't arrested them yet. We are just questioning them. And the other four is, is still on the run. So he's basically calling on members of the public to come forward with the information that could bring the perpetrators of this crime to book. And uh, those that are being questioned right now, uh, do we know who they are? Are they members of the community? Are they coming from the outside into the community? What do we know about them? I posed that particular question to the Lieutenant Mdolumiloj, uh, who said that, you know what, because of the fact that they have not yet been arrested, we are still questioning them. We can't reveal more information about them. Then the other question that I posed to him was, uh, I mean, in relation to whether, because what we are hearing from members of the public is that uh, some of the people who have been arrested, if not all, are foreign nationals. So so I put that question to him, but he said that, you know what, because of the fact that they have not been arrested, we can't reveal that information. All right, uh, we thank you very much, uh, Edwin Sidi, our reporter, who's monitoring that story for us. But we must also tell you that another two toddlers have been found dead, this time in an open field near Zongizizwe on Gauteng's East Rand. And uh, you heard uh, Edwin there talking about the situation in Deep Slot, uh, north of Johannesburg, remaining tense. And we tried to speak to uh, the police. We tried uh, Lieutenant uh, Colonel Lungelotlamene, but we're struggling with and un- un- unsuccessful in getting through to him just to get an update on these two particular stories. It's at 12 minutes past 12. Our top story this hour, another two toddlers have been found dead, this time in an open field near Zonke Zizwe on Gauteng's East Rand. Police say their mother has been taken to hospital. Looking at the markets this hour, gold is trading at $1,277.76 an ounce. Platinum is at $1,384.15 an ounce. The rand is trading at 9 rand 96 cents against the U.S. dollar. It's at 15 rand 97 cents to the pound and at 13 rand 49 cents to the euro. Hi, I'm Zolani Maola. You're listening to SAFM. Remember to catch Shop Shop Children's Show on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 minutes to 2. Keep it Shop Shop. Thirteen minutes past twelve. You've got midday live till one this afternoon. Police are monitoring the area of Beckersdale near Western Area, west of Johannesburg. Residents there have vowed to continue protesting until their demand for the disbandment of the Western Area local municipalities addressed. Meanwhile, foreign nationals say they fear for their lives and uh, property. Uh, properties one uh, one shop was broken into and uh, looted last night residents went on the rampage barricading roads with rocks and uh, burning tires from on this now we joined on the line uh, by the representative of the greater western area concerned residents association tabangwesi mr wesi good afternoon to you Good afternoon, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you very much. Uh, first, let's start by your demand. You are uh, demanding that uh, the Western Area Local Municipality is uh, disbanded. Why? Uh, look, we have a variety of issues that we raised before. Bear in mind that we, we send an indictment to the municipality to demand some documents uh, pertaining to the issue of money. They gave us those documents, be it the editor's, uh, editor's general report, 
the, the municipality uh, budget and implementation plan, uh, the turnaround strategies, and other variety of documents uh, that we've requested from there. Apart from the documents that we requested from them, we as leadership, we we made our own our own in, uh, investigation. But in terms of the documents that we acquired from the Western Area Local Municipality, we perused each and every page, each and every document. We could see the misappropriated funds. We could see discrepancies. We could see that people were misusing uh, uh, public funds without accountability. Mm. Even the Auditor General report does allude to that. Now, wh- why then ask for the disbandment of uh, uh, this municipality as opposed to addressing those particular issues, uh, as opposed to bringing in the police, if it means that, to, to, to arrest people who are misappropriating public funds? Uh, let me tell you something. We have uh, sent our grievances to the office of the PP, which is uh, Mrs. Tulima Donzela, twice, I think, in 2011, and 2012, what she did uh, with uh, uh, what what she did in her office is to send. They did send us an acknowledgement uh, receipt to say no. We have received the documents. We will investigate and come back to you. Today, Tulima Tonsela is not here. We're talking about 1.2 billion that got vanished in Begazal. Bear in mind that Begazal was one of the areas that were adopted by their, the then president, Honorable Kabombeki. Uh, he gave us uh, uh, 1.2 billion for the Begazal Renewal Project. Uh, you can check the IDP. It will tell you about uh, all the projects that were implemented in Begazal. But if you come and do local inspection, there is absolutely nothing in Begazal. Mm. Uh, disbanding the municipality, really, what good will that bring? Um, I'm asking again as opposed to, okay, that line to Tabangwesi uh, has dropped. Uh, let, let's try and get him back on the line. He is uh, the Greater Western Area Concerned Residents Association. You heard that uh, they are uh, calling for or demanding that uh, the, the municipality is uh, disbanded and uh, the, we understand that uh, police are monitoring the situation there. Uh, it's, uh, it's on high alert. So uh, you also heard uh, that uh, foreign nationals say they fear for their lives and property. Uh, one shop was uh, broken into and looted last night. Uh, Mr. Mr. Wesser was asking the question, what good will that then bring uh, to the municipality, the disbandment of the municipality, as opposed to really, again, I'm asking this question, addressing the issue of uh, uh, the misappropriation of funds. Why don't you just speak to uh, to the police, the Hawks, the, the SAPS, to come in and investigate? The AG has uh, tabled the report. Why not take that report to the police, is, is what I'm asking. Look, we we have tried to inter, uh, to <coughs> to engage with the municipality to resolve some issues with them regarding to the IDPs regarding to uh, um, uh, um, using uh, p- public money because I I think that we as a Greater Western Area Concerned Resident Association we are part of the stakeholders we are part of this community of Greater Western Area now we should be engaged now the problem is one. What happens here, the ANC calls its members to come and attend to the public, to, to a meeting. They don't say it's a public meeting. When they reach that stage in the meetings, that's when they start to, uh, to present the, the, the IDP. We as the, the people of community, at the later stage, we then intervene 
and send our comments pertaining to uh, the allocation of funds, but that does not be, uh, uh, it's not being addressed. Mm. Uh, we, we have our own councillors who do not hold any public meetings with relevant words that they've been elected to. Uh, now, our standpoint is to say, no, let this municipality be suspended with immediate effect. We know that the, 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 the parliament is going for a recess on the 30th of October. Now, what we say is that we want this municipality to be under administration or be suspended, or, or, or I mean, the mayor and all her colleagues. Why, why, why not recall those? Why not recall those as opposed to asking for the, the, the municipality yeah, to, the, be, the, to be disbanded? Some, Just recall uh, your members who, whom you've sent there to represent you in the municipality. I'm saying because we're looking at the disturbance right now across the municipality. Service delivery I, I, will grind to a halt. I, I think you understand uh, the ANC mafias, how they rule. Uh, you would go to Section 139 of the Municipal uh, Act. It will tell you in terms of, of all varied of sections, sections and everything. That does not protect the public. It protects only the ANC members because of the NEC and other relevant people within the top structures of the ANC. It's the, it's the very same people who should take a decision to to recall those people. Okay. You can follow each and every procedure to call this, uh, to recall these people, but it will never happen at the end of the day. Alright. How are you our, dealing now with, uh, with the property being destroyed there? Who's going to take uh, responsibility for that? Are you, as uh, the Greater Western Area Concerned Residents Association, going to take responsibility? Look, uh, this is very simple. Logically speaking, I'm a leader. We, we, we provide leadership, we mm. provide uh, uh, guidance, we do not, we do not condone such acts because those are some acts of criminals who just take uh, advantage of this kind of a situation. We but but they are riding on your, 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 your demands. Some of them may be genuinely so. People are angry. If people are angry, at the end of the day, they will revolt and do whatever that is, that they, they feel that it's, it's going, it's going to work for them. If, if you see today what happened yesterday, Yesterday we were supposed to have a meeting because they said the provincial level is coming to come and address these issues. We have submitted our petitions to the presidency, to the COPTA, to the DTLG, NEC, and housing department, but none of them has been here. Okay. Said they've sent their team of only one person from the provincial level who does not even have a portfolio. Now we cannot uh, sit with those carols who came to be coming from the offices of, of the so-and-so. We want and don't be made question. And other people that we we, we sent the, uh, the petitions to, to come and address this issue. As I speak with you now, I'm in Degazal police station. I was brutally attacked. I was arrested yesterday. People are, are, are getting inside the uh, Degazal uh, clinic now. Okay. Not the police station. The clinic is now running. Because police are shooting them outside. Police are intimidating them. And these people are just protesting peacefully. Okay. Mr. Wesley, thank you very much. Uh, he is... Uh, uh, the representative of the Greater Western Area Concerned Residents Association, Tabang Wesi. Let's just uh, go through some of uh, your tweets and SMSs. Uh, one coming from uh, Joe Kumbi in Peter Marisburg saying that uh, American Democrats and Republicans fiddle while Rome is burning, as it were. The American working class should take over the running of uh, the country from these crooks. And uh, this one says, uh, when uh, the accused Madanzela, is it, uh, is it a uh, preparation for 
uh, for the Ngandla report so that we cannot trust her report. Uh, this one is unsigned. And this one says from Ted says uh, Tulima Donzela is arrogant and uh, thinks she and thinks she's beyond reproach. It comes from Ted there. And uh, this one uh, from uh, Peggy Chris says the same problem here on the south coast. The killings of young children in Harding Kwezi village. That's a uh, south. Uh, uh, south coast on the lower south coast of KwaZulu Natal. Foreigners are suspects, even in uh, this case. That one from uh, Peggy uh, in uh, KwaZulu Natal. All right, uh, tweets coming through from uh, T. Chambwa saying that Kuala uh, B News, I hope the modus operandi is the same as those one in Deep Slot yesterday. Uh, all right, and uh, that Misele or Misele uh, saying that at Gualapi News stance must be drastically taken by law enforcement agencies to bring suspects uh, to book them. It's at uh, 23 minutes past 12. This is the midday live on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. If you love your sport, join me, Brad Brown, every Saturday and Sunday afternoon for SAFM Sports Special. Right here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. How can entrepreneurs save the South African economy? October is Entrepreneurship Month. Join me, Rowena Bird, coming to you live from Nambita Restaurant in Soweto, Vilagazi Street, on Thursday the 17th of October. SAFM, together with the Mail and Guardian Critical Thinking Forum, bring together government players, top academics, public intellectuals and corporate representatives to engage in debate aimed at providing policy options for decision makers. To attend this debate, please email masodm at mg.co.za or call 011-250-7398. Let's have the conversation. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. You asked for it and now it's here. SAFM proudly presents the best of the African Connection Christian Wamba, the dance edition. Dance yourself silly in this compilation of the best dance numbers of the African Connection Christian Wamba, now available at reputable CD outlets. Twenty-five minutes past twelve. This is midday live or CFM one hundred four to one hundred seven. We go back to uh, Bekerstal near Western area west of Johannesburg, where police are monitoring that situation. This as the uh, residents there have vowed to continue protesting until their demand for the disbandment of uh, the Western area local municipalities addressed. We spoke to Tabang Wesi just a short while ago, representing the Greater Western Area Concerned Residents Association. Let's talk now uh, to the municipal manager, uh, Tabo. Mr. Love, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, sir. What do you understand to be behind the, the latest situation in your municipality? Um, well, the situation started with um, concerns from the community about various issues um, that relate to service delivery. Um, one of those issues was the recurring sewer program um, in Bagastar, which is a program that you know, um, emanated in the early 2000s, 
And there was also an issue around uh, waste management um, in Pakistan, um, as well as the housing issue um, in Pakistan. There were also issues around the, the, the tariffs of the graves and, and, and the prepaid water meters uh, of the um, communal taps in the informal settlement. So those were some of the issues that were there um, um, uh, when this actually uh, protest started, which the municipality engaged with the protesters about and um, and um, and provided responses um, in terms of those issues. But lately, um, the issue has been about putting the municipality under administration and also for the councillors actually um, to resign, which are issues that, as a municipality, we have rightfully indicated basically to, to them that those are issues that are not within the purview of the municipality to um, to Alright, um, Be- before we yeah. get to that Mr. Dov, Let me ask this question Because uh, just a short while ago Unfortunately we, we tried to raise you So that uh, you could listen in, listen in uh, to Tabang Wesi Making a point that uh, They have scrutinized your books And uh, their findings agree With those of uh, the Auditor General That indeed there is fraud, corruption Maladministration and misappropriation of funds He makes a point about a 1.2 billion rand Really that has uh, pretty much been uh, uh, eaten into uh, because of uh, fraud and corruption? It is strange, actually, that they would say that they have scrutinized the books of the municipality. Because I would be surprised, actually, which books have they scrutinized. Because if you look, actually, at the financial statements of the municipality, there is no 1.2 billion rand that um, is for pedestal. I think the confusion, actually, um, with this 1.2 billion rand is that there is a program called Pedestal Renewal Program whose budget was actually anticipated to be about 1.2 billion rand when it was initially um, um, uh, set up. Mm. However, that is a program that was under the provincial government, and everyone knows, I mean, like the Alexandra Renewal Program and and the Everton uh, Renewal Program, all those programs are programs that were managed, and even now, actually, the Pedestal Urban Renewal Program is managed by um, um, province. So there's no 1.2 billion rand that was ever actually transferred to the municipality to undertake this project. But this project has never, ever been actually a project managed by the, the municipality. The people of Begasdal are saying now the, the councillors that they've sent there must come back. They must be recalled. The municipality must be disbanded. Uh, you, you made a point that you don't have uh, those powers to do that, but uh, the councillors that are there surely can can listen to the people and say they don't want us anymore, they've lost uh, trust in us, can we then just step down? Is that uh, too much uh, of an ask? Well, I mean, they they, they can ask that, but the point that I'm trying to make is that there is due process, you know, there is legislated process in terms of how councillors are elected and how councillors actually can be removed from office. And it can't be that there is an expectation that in a meeting or in a protest that then, you know, the demand is made for councillors to resign, then councillors resign without due process. And the situation seems to be getting out of hand. So how are you dealing with it right now? um, Currently, actually, we have, as a municipality, been um, trying to engage with um, the protesters. But unfortunately, they have decided, actually, that they do not want to engage with the municipality. Um, they want to engage with uh, province. As, as we speak now, they are in the meeting with province, 
to advance then, you know, um, uh, their issues of putting the municipality under administration. We thank you very much, uh, Mr. Tabonlovo. He is uh, the municipal manager there at uh, the Western Area Local Municipality. It's at 12.30 now and it's time for the news headlines. As we say, good afternoon to Sir Utsilisaku. It's at 28 minutes to 1. Let's say good afternoon to Natalie Gimanos. What's happening with the cricket, Natalie? Good afternoon to you too. And it's, it's gotten a little bit better from South Africa's perspective. They've picking, picked up seven wickets today, but Pakistan still have 428 runs on the board and their lead is 175. So it's a big first inning seed that Pakistan have built. And that's thanks mostly to two centurions. First of all, Mizbah ul Haq making 100 exactly. It's the fourth time in his career that he's gone past the 100 mark. He has 21 half century, so this is a rare occasion for him to go past that century mark. He has also now got the highest by a Pakistan captain against South Africa. The previous highest was by Shoaib Malik, and that was when he made 99 against South Africa. So no other Pakistani captain has made a century against South Africa. At the moment, 428 for 7 is the score, with at the crease is Zulfikir Baba on 1 and Adnan Akmal on 22. Earlier we saw a half century from Asad Shafiq as well, who made 54. And the first man to go today was Kuram Manzur, who went for 146 of 266 balls. He's caught by Callis of the bowling of Vernon Philander. Vernon Philander's picked up three for 75 in 24 overs. So Pakistan's still in a good position with a lead of 179 and 428 for seven in their first innings. Natalie Jamanis for SFM Sport. It's at 26 minutes to 1. This is Midday Live, SFM 104 to 107. The world markets are on the edge today as the U.S. is nudging closer to defaulting on their debt. Weeks of negotiations have so far failed to deliver any agreement. The House and Senate leaders face a midnight deadline to raise the nation's $16.7 trillion borrowing limit. The Fitch Credit Rating Agency has warned that it is reviewing the U.S government's AAA credit rating for a possible downgrade, citing the impasse in Washington that uh, has raised the threat of a default on the nation's uh, debt there. Here's the BBC Rajini Vajnanath. Tonight, the deal falls apart. The government financial crisis is back to square one. The headlines have a distinct feeling of Groundhog Day. For more than two weeks, the U.S. government's been partially closed because politicians can't agree on a budget deal. Now, if they can't agree on raising the borrowing limit by Thursday, the U.S. could struggle to pay many of its bills with knock-on effects for the global economy. There are warnings America's credit rating could be downgraded. Here in Washington, D.C., the government remains partially closed, with hundreds of thousands of employees not going to work or getting paid. As the shutdown continues, the prospect of the U.S. not being able to pay all of its bills, unless the so-called debt ceiling is raised, looms ever closer. And with all of that, the question Americans are asking is, why can't the politicians just end this? Each party's blaming the other. The Republicans say the Democrats won't compromise. The president says it's not his party's fault. The problem we have right now is, is that on the other side, there's an, just a faction of the Republican Party, it doesn't represent all Republicans, that have decided to take a very extreme position and to take, use very extreme tactics in order to get stuff done. And the more moderate, reasonable 
members of the Republican Party up in Congress oftentimes have had difficulty dealing with that faction. Politicians continue to negotiate, but time is critical. A deal needs to be reached by midnight on Wednesday, or the U.S. runs the risk of being unable to pay its bills. That's uh, the BBC's Rajini Vajnathan. All right, uh, let's talk now to Tom Wheeler from uh, South African Institute of uh, International Affairs. Mr. Wheeler, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. So what is your sense of what is happening? This, the, the House and the Senate, are they going to find each other? I don't think it's so much the House and the Senate. I think the Senate is in the control of the Democrats, in other words, Obama's party, and they are... Uh, they're on side, as it were. The problem is in, in the House, where you have a small faction of the Republicans, the so-called Tea Party group, who have very right-wing views and who don't believe in so-called big government. And they want to uh, close down, in particular, the uh, legislation on, on health care that was the signature program of Obama's first term in the presidency. Now, it's coming into effect right now in in these days, and uh, they want at least that to be changed, whereas the indications are that the the public, uh, the the voters, want to go in on this program, and in fact, the the reaction has been so great that a lot of the the computers which were to be used to, to allow people to join the Obamacare program get to get health insurance uh, crashed because of the overwhelming number of, of people who try to go in on that. Mm. Uh, uh, so, you know, uh, and apparently the opinion polls are also showing that the Republicans are suffering heavily uh, as a result of this, that the Democrats are maintaining their position, uh, but the Republicans are going to pay a heavy price at the next election, which comes around in November next year. Let's look at the global impact of, uh, of this. I think uh, China right now will be worried because they are holding at least uh, over a third of uh, the U.S. credit uh, in terms of bonds and the treasuries there. Uh, but uh, other nations that are owed money by the, the, the U.S. will be worried. But globally, what does this mean then? Well, I think that is, uh, you know, it's a slowdown in everything if uh, the, as you reported or your previous section reported, that the... Uh, uh, Fitch uh, are looking at uh, the AAA rating of the United States. That means that the debt is going to be more expensive for the Americans and uh, probably able to borrow less and, and so forth. So that means they can spend less because the American uh, government always operates on debt. It, it never meets its, its bills out of current revenue. And so it's obliged to borrow this money just to keep going. And if we can't borrow the money at a reasonable price, it becomes even more impossible to, to go on. That will have an impact because the uh, U.S. is such a large economy and there's so much, uh, uh, so many countries are dependent on their exports to the United States, including South Africa, motor cars, all kinds of things are exported from here, wine and so on. And uh, if, if the U.S. government is unable to, to, to buy 
then the world economy is going to suffer in a general sense. I, I want to bring it close, uh, closer to home, but first I might highlight that uh, Moody's uh, still thinks that uh, U.S. is worth uh, AAA status. But you remember mm. that uh, Standard & Poor's in, tw- in 2011 uh, reduced their rating to AA+, and uh, I remember one day wiping out uh, 500 points in just one day, and now future yeah. watching that. But let's bring it closer to home now. What is the uh, meaning of this here in South Africa? At the back of what's been happening in the EU as well? Yeah, it's, it's difficult to know uh, for me. I'm not, not an economic expert, but at the same time, you know, what I said earlier applies. If the U.S. is not able to buy, then everybody else suffers because they have such an enormous uh, economy and an enormous impact on the international economy. Uh, manufacturing has declined heavily in the U.S., so they buy in their manufactured goods these days from other countries, from less expensive countries, from China and India and so on. And, of course, if China is impacted, well, then we are impacted as well. So it has a ripple effect in all directions. It's a really very serious problem. What brought about this uh, standoff? Do we, do we even know or we take for granted that well, it's, it's the Obamacare? It's the Obamacare thing. It's this very right-wing attitude of a, a batch of the Republicans, not all of them, but some of them. Uh, who, uh, you know, will do anything to try and trip up uh, Obama and his legacy. And, uh, you know, if it takes cutting off the money and killing the country, well, they'll go that far as well. They're, they're just extremists. All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Tom Wheeler, for speaking to us uh, from uh, the South African Institute of uh, International Affairs. And uh, let's tell you that uh, the country's retail industry is under pressure as consumers remain highly indebted. Uh, consumer spending has slowed down and worsened in the past uh, few months. This, according to MassMed uh, Chief Executive Grant uh, Peterson, who was uh, addressing the Consumer Goods Council of South Africa, currently uh, that conference is currently underway in uh, Johannesburg. Meanwhile, the council's uh, chief executive, uh, Kwarenga Mangoshe, uh, said uh, South Africa was not immune to what was happening to the international economy and that uh, this was uh, affecting spending. He joins us on the line. Mr. Mangoshe, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you and SFM listeners. Let, let's speak about uh, this, uh, this conference itself. What is it all about and uh, what, what, what is the need for it? Okay, the, the, the conference this year and... Um, this essentially serves as a build-up from last year, is themed um, around energizing the industry. And in fact, the theme this year is entitled Building Sustainable Business in the New Normal. As you know, the only constant that we have nowadays is change. Things, uh, we are just operating in, in, in fact, I'll call it um, uncharted waters that's completely unprecedented. So you find the fact that uh, what is going on in the U.S., what is going on in Europe, has got a direct bearing on how uh, businesses conduct themselves here in South Africa. And then, of course, if you look at the local, uh, you know, dynamics from an operational point of view, the fact that the consumer is increasingly coming under pressure from a disposable income point of view, you have high uh, rising energy prices, you also have rising tariffs and energy, and as a result of that, it puts significant pressure as it is on the consumer. And then, of course, the impact as such, ends up cascading all the way into businesses. Indeed. And so we've, we've been covering, yes. It's not a good sign for, for the economy because then if, if there's no spending power, uh, we can't sustain businesses. Uh, that, that basically it means that. The, 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 the spending power is particularly felt 
at the lower end of the spectrum. You find that those uh, within the lifestyle measure of 8 until 10, and that's the high end of the market. There is still a lot of liquidity in that particular area, but at the bottom end of the market, in particular within the LSM range 1 to 4, you find that there's significant pressure because banks have obviously put a curb on personal loans or short-term funding for these particular consumers. And the net result is uh, with all of these things that I've just alluded to, in particular the, the cost as it is, it puts significant pressure on disposable income. And as a result, consumers are naturally going to spend less. Mm. And uh, th- this conference is hoping to do what then uh, at the back of that and in light of what is happening across South Africa, but globally with the U.S. and, uh, and Europe as well being a good example. This conference uh, really gets to the root of what I call real issues, real conversations, real solutions. We've got a panel of international and local uh, industry experts that uh, come about with uh, practical solutions that our industry members can take back to their respective communities or businesses. And as a result, implement some of these particular best practices and ensure that their businesses become also sustainable. But in this particular context, I'm very pleased to also inform you that the National Commission of Police, General Ria Piega, uh, we regard the SAPS as a key constituency and a key stakeholder um, in our industry, addressed the conference this morning. And she then built on the momentum that uh, we started at the beginning of the year around collaboration, how the SAPS with an industry association such as ourselves can go a long way in working together and collaborating with the view of reducing crime incidents, which, of course, have got a significant bearing in the manner in which our industry players operate. All right, and uh, is it? Uh, we know that we need uh, small businesses. We need uh, this shop over there and and another shop there just to just to stimulate the economy. But uh, if, for instance, uh, FMCG uh, not not moving at all and and there's no spending and buying power, then then it's a problem again. It, it takes me takes me back to my question that it it's a, it impacts seriously on the economy. Any emerging economy is primarily built around consumer spending or consumer consumption. And if there's reduction in consumer consumption, then, of course, there is a significant impact on, on, on the way the economy grows. And what also compounds the situation is that the economy is now expected to only grow by 2%. I think the Minister of Finance revised the GDP growth target from 2.7 to 2%. This is just not good enough in context of creating jobs, in the context of creating sustainable business, and then, of course, um, in as much as the larger players may be able to absorb some of the sh- um, shocks in the short to medium term, if you're a very small business, in light of the current economic environment, it's very, very difficult to run a sustainable business. Does it concern you what is happening in the U.S. as the council? Oh, no, no, certainly. But I would like to believe that uh, that matter should uh, ought to get a resolution sooner rather than later. Because as you all know, the proverbial statement that uh, if the U.S. sneezes, then everybody else catches a cold. So we, of course, hope that uh, the U.S. uh, issues that are going on within uh, the House of Representatives or in Congress can get resolved. And then we get through to the business of really being in business. But certainly uh, it is quite a cause of concern. Thank you very much uh, to Mr. Kwareka Mangosha there. He is uh, the Consumer Goods Council of South Africa's uh, Chief Executive at 13 minutes to 1. Let's say good afternoon now to Prandana Naidu to give us uh, the latest what's happening on the markets at the back of uh, uh, the stalemate in the U.S. Prandana, how are the markets looking today? 
Bongi, global markets were somewhat lost this morning as investors are still looking for guidance from the U.S. Congress. European shares slipped, led by luxury giants Burberry and LVMH, who both cited softer third-quarter sales. UK jobless claims remained at 7.7% amid signs that the labour market is improving, reinforcing speculation that the Bank of England could increase interest rates sooner than expected. In the US, markets are growing more nervous, with the S&P 500 dropping 0.7% last night. Adding to the volatility is rating agency Fitch's decision to place the US credit rating on a negative watch. Bongi, given that the deadline is tomorrow, investors are now asking what the implications would be if no decision has been made. Well, the U.S. Treasury will no longer be able to borrow funds. However, they still have roughly 20 to $30 billion on hand. The partial shutdown would continue, but the most pressing issue would be how government will fund the $65 billion coupon payment due at the end of this month. But with all of this in mind, U.S. futures are pointing to a positive opening later on today. Locally, the JC has been holding up, led higher by the gold shares. In corporate news, IT company Datatech posted underlying earnings per share that was 18% below first-half earnings. Looking at the indices, we've got the gold index up 1.6%, resources 10 index down 0.4%, industrial 25 index is flat, and the financial index is up half a percent. Overall, the market is flat, sitting at 44,300 points. And the stocks on the move today? Anglo Gold is up 2.7% to 137 Rand. Astropack is up 2% to 7 Rand 15 cents. Asso is up 2% to 438 Rand and 39 cents. On the downside, we've got Data Tech down 3.6% to 57 Rand 80 cents. Lita Healthcare down 1.8% to 2 Rand 75. And Richmond down 1.6% to 98 Rand and 60 cents. And your latest market indicators. Sure. Gold is trading at $1,281 an ounce. Platinum, $1,391 an ounce. Brent crude, $109.42 per barrel. And finally, we've got the rand at 9.97 to the dollar, 16 rand to the pound, and 13 rand 50 to the euro. And thank you very much to Prandana Naidu from Sasfin Securities. You're listening to SAFM. Remember to catch Shop Shop Children's Show on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 minutes to 2. Keep it Shop Shop. It's radio, SMSs and tweets, but uh, I would like also to hear from our Muslim uh, listeners across the country. Please, if you can just educate us about uh, Eid al-Adha. It's it's an important day, this, uh, but I would like to hear some more from you uh, so that we celebrate it with you in spirit. All right, uh, let's uh, look at uh, our tweets coming through at Gualapi News. This one from uh, Tulani Dasa saying that uh, when a South African is killed, police are slow, uh, but once a shop of uh, a foreigner is destroyed, Destroyed they rush. Why are we treated differently? All right, uh, says Tulani there. And uh, Linda Lanim Kiza saying that uh, uh, only God knows where is the world coming. The pitiness uh, killing of babies. We Ubuntu. Sageti asks Linda Lanim there. And uh, Siegfried Henning saying that Western area residents are powerless against uh, the criminal counselors. And uh, Dev Zamashekho saying that Kuala uh, Bi News. I was impressed with the manner uh, that uh, the public protector Tulima Tanzela handled herself 
in that uh, parliamentary grilling session. All right, let's turn now to SMSs coming through 34701. We'll start with this one. The public protector is there to protect us. What has the MPs, uh, what are the MPs scared of? That's Ian in Durban. And uh, this one uh, from uh, Max Chauke at Matsakali village saying that uh, midday live, we people of Malamlele, all we want is a standalone municipality so that we will be able to bring services closer to the people. That's all. All right, and uh, this one from Joseph says, Tabang is uh, not answering questions, of course, talking uh, about uh, the interview that we had earlier. They must be locked up and uh, for vandalism. Just uh, some of uh, the SMSs that are coming through. All right, uh, let's go now to this uh, tourism story. South Africans have been encouraged to be patriotic about their own country and help promote South Africa in order to bring in more tourists. Chief Executive at uh, South African Tourism, Tulan Nzima, was speaking at uh, SA Travel and Tourism Summit held in Sentin, north of Johannesburg. Hundreds of delegates deliberated for two days over what is uh, holding South Africa back from uh, being one of the world's top 20 destinations, as well as uh, the importance of uh, domestic tourism. The SABC's lifestyle journalist, Pearl Makubani, filed this report for us. The hidden gems of Northern Cape is found in the hinterland. It's around the culture, different cultures, the Nama, the San, the Krikwa. And each of these cultures has authentic tourism experience around it, the way of life of the San people, the dance. The CEO of Northern Cape Tourism, Sharon Lewis, speaks with great passion as she tells of what her province has to offer. You have uh, unique fauna and flora found in the, the Namakuland area. In the landscape is always changing, a desert landscape to a rolling landscape to semi-desert. This is the same passion the SA Tourism CEO, Tulanen Zima, wishes all South Africans had in order to help promote this country. Nzima has questioned the patriotism of South Africans as he pointed out that they have a tendency of bashing their own country. South Africans' obsession and passion for self-bashing to the extent that uh, South Africans do not love their country They mustn't delude themselves into thinking that uh, as we bash ourselves continuously, other people outside of our country will help sell our country. Whether you're talking journalists or you're talking citizens or tourists coming from those countries, the first thing that they will do is to brag and be proud of their own country. So that's the, the kind of clarion call I'm making. He has encouraged South Africans to take time and reward themselves with travel. He says statistics show that not enough people are taking time to visit other provinces, and that needs to change. Rodney Knight, from Rooms for You, says domestic tourism plays an important part in the growth of the economy, yet often taken for granted. Pumakoban, SAPC News, Johannesburg. Time now for Create with Michelle Constant. Create is proudly presented by Business and Arts South Africa, bringing the business of the arts and the art of business together. Currently showing at the Durban Art Gallery is the exhibition Impressions of Rourke's Drift, the Jumana Collection. The exhibition celebrates the legacy of the Rourke's Drift Arts and Crafts Centre and it features works of renowned artists who studied there. The prints have been made available by the Drumana family in Durban, who've been collecting works from Rorkstrift since the 60s. Tem Minkosi Gwaniwe is the curator of the exhibition. With the title Impressions of Rorkstrift, what we try to do is, because most of the work on show are prints, and prints usually refer to them as, as impression, 
process, uh, printing process. And also impression implies the take of artists in terms of the social condition under which they were working at the time, but also the ideas that were prevailing among those artists. And what I tried to do was to create a narrative that on one hand has to do with individual artists, but also a collective of those artists as a group. So artists are curated in a way that they appear distinctly, meaning that individually you can look at the work of a particular artist, but also you could look at the work in relation to the other artists because it's a collection. So that's what I try to do. According to the curator, what's interesting is that working through the collection shows that now renowned artists such as Sam and Klingetwa and Dumasani Mabaso first battled with the medium in their student days. Most of the work on show are work that were produced while those artists were students. And that is very important because some of those artists are still alive. For example, Sam Klingetwa, Charles Nkosi and others. So what you get, they get artists at early in their careers wrestling with the medium, wrestling with ideas, but most importantly, aesthetically, they were wrestling with ways in which visually they can capture things around them, about them, and also things beyond their own grasp. So that's what, for me, it was interesting. He also says that although most of the works were created during the height of apartheid, and many make statements of the political situations of the time, they also show personal moments in the lives of various artists. In some of those artworks, you'll find some of the work, as much as they could be read politically, but also they're personal. Whereas if you look at the work individually, you'll find personal relations, you know, where artists, even at the time of highest moments of apartheid, were able to talk about issues of relationship, love. Like, for me, those were moments which I found profound. Artist William Zulu attended Rourke's Drift in the late 70s after a spinal problem left him paralyzed. Zulu, quoting from his autobiography, Spring Will Come, describes what impact Rourke's drift had on his life. What I really can say, I learned more also, which is a legacy to me from Rourke's drift, is that I learned a lot from my fellow students, their hopes and aspirations during my stay at the art school. It had been among these wide-looking students that I had grown strong in body and soul. It was at Rourke's drift that I had learned to be independent and had grown to know my artistic capabilities in spite of my disability. It was here that I had discovered how far I could push my afflicted body and found healing for my bruised soul. Truly, Rothschild had given me much to be grateful for. For there, I had found a new will and a reason to live for another day. As part of the exhibition, printmaking workshops were held by Zulu. Participating in one of the workshops was Vanessa Mojoro. The one thing that I gained from the entire workshop was just to have fun and not to take anything seriously because if you have fun and you're doing art and you're doing what you love, there are really no limits and there's no fear to actually explore and try out new and different things. With art, sometimes you do make mistakes, but then those mistakes actually turn out to be beautiful and they actually make your piece come out much better than it was in the beginning. So that's actually what I was getting from William Zulu and the workshop that he did with us. The exhibition, Impressions of Rourke's Drift, will be running at the Durban Art Gallery until February next year. I'm Michelle Constant. This feature was produced by Monique Stunder, and you can email me on create at barsa.co.za. Create, proudly brought to you by Business and Arts South Africa, creating new opportunities for business arts partnerships. Email create at barsa.co.za.
I've got to read this email from William Sego saying that it's a tweet actually. We don't need any service delivery or protection. We only need food parcels, blankets and prize finish and clear. Alright, uh, otherwise is up next with uh, Shadow Twala and of course uh, she's in for Ashraf Gada this afternoon uh, on Afternoon Talk. My name is Bongi Kwala. Thanks to the team Mabu uh, Buluga and Mandy Samtelu Makprela, a technical producer today, senior producer Nomalizo Mandela, Busi Chan and Obrisachi, our executive producers. We shall meet again for your Thursday edition of Midday Live here on SFM 104 to 107. Up next is the news at one with Utsile Saku. Bye-bye.